0: begin to create a new script in our heads about ourselves that looks more like the person who knows, likes, and believes in us the most talks about us,
1: Hi, welcome back to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. My name is Gabriella Dennery, MD, one of the lead coaches at Doc Working. And I'm joined here today with Jill Farmer, the other amazing lead coach at Doc Working, and the owner and founder of Doc Working, Dr. Jen Barna, who brings us a question from one of our listeners.
2: Gabriella and Jill, it is wonderful to be with you here again this morning. And it's great to have a terrific question from one of our listeners. This is a really interesting question. The question is, going all the way back to medical school, I feel like getting accepted was a fluke. I had friends who would have made excellent physicians probably better than me who didn't get in. And the listener goes on to say, I've been working in private practice as a board-certified physician for years, but still, sometimes when I'm working, I imagine making a mistake and being outed as an imposter like, she's a fake, the jig is up. Sounds like classic imposter syndrome, right? Until I started listening to your podcast, I never even questioned myself in this way of thinking, but now I'm wondering, is there something I can do to break this pattern of thinking?
0: Yeah, that's a fabulous question, beautifully said. And I don't think I've worked with a physician in 10 years now in my practice as a coach, this is Jill, that I haven't had somebody who either is experiencing or has experienced imposter syndrome, both male and female physicians, surgeons, administrators, it's very common. It's just not always talked about. Everybody thinks they're the only one that is experiencing it. And lest we think that the reason we're experiencing imposter syndrome is because we're just not good enough, I think it's important for us to remember, Serena Williams has said she too experienced imposter syndrome. So if somebody as amazing that we all look up to as that experiences it, I think it reminds us that it happens as humans and it's not particularly helpful, right? To put it simply in psychological terms, imposter syndrome is feeling like a phony, as though at any moment you're gonna be found out to be a fraud, like you don't belong where you are, you only got there from dumb luck, as was so articulately stated in the question. And the only way to stop feeling like an imposter is really to stop thinking like an imposter. And I think that comes from A, being willing to find somebody that we really trust, whether that's a good friend, a partner, a family member, a coach, a therapist, a colleague, where we can sort of break the silence, right? A lot of times people suffer in silence around imposter syndrome. Another thing that I think is important is being able to separate the feelings from the facts. I feel like an imposter, even though I'm a board certified physician and the board just doesn't say, well, this person is probably a phony and a fraud, but let's go ahead and hand them being able to be a certified. No, right. That comes from an objective measurement. And so being able to separate some of those feelings from the facts, can be really important as well as developing a new script. Often I say, if we can begin to, to create a new script in our heads about ourselves, that looks more like the person who knows, likes, and believes in us the most talks about us, that can be a really helpful way for us to shift some of our thinking and reframe our behavior around imposter syndrome or feeling like we're a fraud or a fake. Gabriella, what do you think about this subject that comes up a lot for physicians of imposter syndrome?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that kind of gets a physician in trouble is comparing yourself to other people, which definitely adds to that. And I think it was brought up in the question itself. You know, other people look like they've got their act together, but I don't. Or maybe other people deserve to be here more than I am, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of comparison, which has been shown very clearly, that is just downright. I had one of my coaching teachers say, comparison is just self-abuse. Bottom line. So would you do that to yourself? and would you keep doing that to yourself? So stop comparing yourself to other people and understand your value just by stopping that habit. And as you said, Jill, writing a new script and part of that new script in working with clients, I will ask them often the question, well, what did you accomplish today? You know, what are your wins today? What did you accomplish this week? You know, if it's been a little while since we talked. Just to reframe, to change, I think the headspace around talking about work or whether I'm good enough or I've done enough, or compared to you know Dr. Joe sitting next to me who seems to know everything and can answer every question and keeps up with all the journal articles to read about everything there is to know about everything. It's like no, you don't really know his story, so stop looking over there. And at the same time, what did you accomplish today? What you can say? Yeah, I did this, or this week, or this month. These are my big wins, or Big or small, it doesn't matter to be able to say, yeah, you know, I had an impact. And I think being able to think in terms of that, I think also helps in writing that new script and speaking about ourselves in kinder, gentler terms as a way of breaking the cycle of imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah. That's all yeah. really powerful stuff. I love that Teddy Roosevelt's quote comparison is the thief of joy or to age myself back in the day in Saturday Night Live, there was a character called Stuart Smalley and he would say, compare and despair. <laughs> Nothing good comes from that. And I, I really do find that. And the work of Martin Seligman and others who've been pioneers in the field of psychology and the psychology of achievement and success, right? Cause positive psychology. They said, we, we have a human basic need for achievement, yet our brain will default, right? That negativity bias toward what we haven't done as opposed to what we have or can achieve. And that's a really interesting focus. So listening to Gabriella and I chat about this, Jen, what comes up for you as a physician and as a working physician and a business founder, what comes up for you as you think about imposter
2: syndrome? I think the first thing that comes up to me is that imposter syndrome is real. It seems like every physician that I have a conversation with, including some incredibly accomplished physicians who we've had the pleasure of speaking with for this podcast, on and off of the recording, I've heard people say that they experience imposter syndrome. I certainly do. And I think it's an important topic that Hearing some insights about how to break this pattern of thinking is certainly very helpful for me, and I hope it'll be helpful for others.
1: I'd like to add, you know, as you said, it's easy to default to that negativity bias because it's just kind of ingrained and programmed, which means that getting back into the opposite, you actually have to train yourself. <laughs> you have to practice it, you have to work at it like very deliberately. So I love lists, and I encourage my clients to write out lists. Name five things you accomplished today. Name five things you're grateful for for today. It has to become an active practice. It can't just be, okay, it's not going to fall out of the sky. And you're not going to undo the negative bias by simply wishing it away. You have to actively work at it to create a new programming in your head, in your brain over, well, you know, no, I'm not perfect. And no, I can't do everything, but I've done pretty good. And this is what I've accomplished. And I feel good about that as a way to again counteract imposter syndrome it has to be an active inside out process
2: one thing that i find also an interesting point is that i see it more in physicians that i talk with or at least it comes across more in honest conversations with physicians than with people who are in different roles like for example technologists or other people who might say like i'm really good at this and they are really good at it but they're owning it you know and with physicians i think there's a difference now that I'm understanding between being humble, which I think we generally value and feeling like you have imposter syndrome, there's kind of a fine line there. And I'm curious if you guys have insight into that or can provide any tips on how to define that line a little bit more clearly. Well, humility is one of
0: the 21 values in action that's defined by people in that realm of organizational psychology that looks at achievement and success. And so it's valuable, but then a lot of times humility becomes a cover story, right? It's like, where is it dialed up on the range? Is it at a five, which is a healthy humility, or is it dialed up at a 10, which then creates where the dial of confidence, right, gets dialed down to a zero? And so it's how do we blend those values in action in a way that allows us to be both humble and confident, right? Those two things can coexist and they coexist beautifully. So I think to answer your question, I think that's very important. The other thing it's important to note, psychologists tell us that to your point, Jen, that imposter syndrome is more common in high achieving people, right? It's kind of uh, ironic, (laughs) right? But it's more common in people who tend to be extremely high achieving. And so because they're, often surrounded by other high achieving people. And so then we get into the comparison thing and the patterns and the ruts that we've already talked about. Another thing that I think is important to think about just from the gift of what psychologists have told us around imposter syndrome is that one of the distortions that can show up in our thinking that's unhelpful to us is overgeneralization, right? So we take some time when we did something that wasn't perfect, and then we label ourselves as being that. So, you know, there was a time when we showed up in a meeting or a couple times where we didn't have our thoughts together. So then we label ourselves as disorganized or inarticulate. And then we are quick to take on those kind of labels that are really unhelpful. And when we are identifying ourselves with pretty unhelpful labels based on overgeneralized events, we're more likely to believe that somehow everybody else who has the same job or is doing the same thing as us is doing it better than us. And so we just, just awareness being a little bit kinder, gentler, and as
2: Gabriella beautifully said, being willing to step into the process of shifting our thinking around this. Beautifully said by both of you. I really think that's extremely helpful advice and truly appreciate your expert insights guiding us. Well,
0: I think talking with Gabriella about just about anything is one of my favorite things. Is there anything else that you think we didn't get to on this so that we want to add Gabriella before we let everybody go?
1: No, I think that covered it. I used to shared my violin teacher that it's good to be humble, but it's a waste of time to be modest because modesty means that you're kind of giving yourself an inferiority complex. But humility really, by definition, is about standing in your own power and your own worth. And yes, it takes work and practice and process to get there. But that to me is the difference between, as you said, dialing it up to the point where you're diminishing yourself versus keeping your nat five, that good balanced range. And so don't be modest, be humble, but don't be modest, throw that out the door.
0: Again, you guys, if you have questions for us, find us on all of our social media channels. You can find Doc Working on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just pop on, like us, say hi, and then give us your questions. And we would love to be able to consider it, to answer it in one of our podcasts, because we want to be here for you. And as always, thanks for taking the time to be with us here today. We'll see you next time on Doc Working, The Whole Physician Podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number one. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, The Whole Physician Podcast.